got TW Takes in the house. TW Takes, what's up? TW Takes podcast. That's Terrible Wrestling Takes podcast. So we'll go through all the monikers. The, uh, the man himself. Bishop over at TW Takes podcast. Absolute legend. He is an Irish New Yorker. Big up Bishop. Bishop <laughs> TW Takes. Shout out to Bishop on that one. Bishop from TW Takes. Matt Bishop from TW Takes. Shout out to TW Takes. TW Takes. Mr. TW Takes. TW Takes. TW Takes. TW Takes. TW Takes. And Takes. TW Takes. Bishop has, you know, on terrible takes. TWT Takes. Terrible wrestling takes. Bishop's terrible wrestling takes. Strictly for Bishop. Shout out to Terrible Wrestling Takes. Cheers, Bishop. TW Takes podcast. Him and his wife, Mrs. TW Takes. We got Mrs. Takes here as well. My wife. Mrs. Takes. She's the sleeper hit. So good. Thank you, wife. Shout out to Mrs. TW Takes. It's a fun back and forth. Such a small part, but so effective. I'm telling you, that's my go-to podcast now. TW Takes. You want here? Terrible Wrestling Takes. Bishop from Terrible Wrestling Takes. Bishop, everybody needs to be listening to you, brother. Bishop, say hello. Oh, shit. Here we go. Back at it again. One night after an awesome NXT. Leading into NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver. The card has leveled out. We won't talk about the card just yet. I got something special coming next week for that. Yes, yes, yes. With a special guest, and no, not the same special guest. Looking forward to it. Hopefully, schedules line up. It's one of those, like I said, it hasn't been triple verified, but I'm just biding time. We'll get there, make sure everything gets leveled out. But I'm super looking forward to this entire WrestleMania week. For me, personally, I am booked every day from March 31st through the debuting Tuesday NXT with wrestling shit, except for one day, one day, April 4th. Every other day, I have penciled in my calendar some shit to do revolving around the WWE product and or this podcast. So I am looking forward to being completely exhausted podcasting once a week, which will definitely be two or three times a week. It's going to be fun, man going to be fun, and I'm glad this only happens one time a year. Uh, if this happens around SummerSlam, I don't think I'm going to ramp it up at all because I'm still looking at three guest podcasts to happen on this this platform. Uh, if I'm lucky, maybe like I did around my birthday time, when uh, SummerSlam comes around, I'll just debut myself on other podcasts if people reach out to me. Uh, but a couple things in the work, and, and I'm really excited for it. So, now, before we get into NXT, let's, uh, <laughs> let, me, let me plug some shit. Get out of the way. TWTakesPodcast.com. TWTakesPodcast.com slash TWTs. And TWTakesPodcast.com slash International. Check me out, man. TWTakesPodcast.com has all the links to all the audio platforms. Uh, YouTube links, Facebook links, Twitter, uh, Twitch. All that's on there. Like, subscribe, rate, review, all that shit that you do for everyone else. If you don't do it for everyone else, fuck it. Don't do it for me either. Not that big a deal. If you're interested in a t-shirt, two, three, five, whatever, hit me up. TWTakesPodcast.com slash TWTs. Also, for all the European listeners out there, thank you so much for the love. Uh, hearing you guys out there uh, feels amazing every time. I set up a Teespring shop just for y'all. I didn't want to exclude the U.S., but I also couldn't exclude the U.S. So the option is European and uh, United States fulfillment from Teespring on the two designs 
that are on the twtakespodcast.com slash international page. There's a modified NWO TWT logo and an awesome, awesome, awesomely designed WCW TWT logo by at Ref Marsh. My man hooked it up. The logo was so beautiful, I put it on a premium tee and premium hoodie. All TWTakesPodcast.com slash TWT orders will be fulfilled by myself. All international orders done through Teespring will be done through Teespring. Teespring does charge shipping. Their products are dope. I am ordering them as samples for myself. But again, a reason why I wanted to do them myself is that the cost is lower by upfront cost is lower by by uh, uh, getting a designer yourself and having them in hand for giveaways. That's what I wanted to do. The Teespring upfront cost is about double that of what I can do. But Teespring also includes the shipping for the uh, for the the seller. So there's a lot of fees that are already included that aren't included on my end. I don't have to worry about packaging, gas, none of that stuff. All right. So check out both. Uh, you know, buy some t-shirts, help the podcast grow. Every cent, every, every cent that comes from this first run is to help grow the podcast. That is all. I got a limited amount of teas and some other cool shit that I'll be listing soon just for the sake of growing the podcast. If you guys can help me buy a new microphone with it, cool. Uh, if it turns out they end up giving all of it away, that's fine too. As long as I break even, I'm having fun. I'm waiting for my own dedicated spot in my house to have this podcast grow phenomenally. Shouts to Mr. Chaos for getting a roadcaster, trying to put me up on game. Dog, I'm in. I will get everything I need to have a dope-ass podcast, better than it already is, when I have my own little nook in my house that I can soundproof the walls and all that shit. But I don't have that yet. I'm just getting wild in the basement uh, doing me. But other than that, that's all I got for plugs. Uh, like I said, like, subscribe, rate, review if you do for anyone else. If you don't do it for them, don't do it for me. It's all good. It's all good. Uh, let's get into NXT. Um, I didn't see many, many good things about AEW. I'm not going to shit on it because I didn't watch it. But for my perspective and how I look at this stuff, I find it hard to justify not watching NXT and only watching AEW. Like, if you watch AEW, I can see why you would also watch NXT, but I don't understand why you would explicitly watch AEW and not watch NXT. The product is fucking incredible. The shit that they're doing... Like, for instance, LA Knight, okay? I know he is a division of his own, right? He is not a WWE product. He is not a WWE entity, he is Eli Drake from the Indies, from NWA, uh, from Impact, from wherever else you guys know him from. But his ability to wrestle what would be called WWE style and not lose who he is as a wrestler is something that, let's say, when I was watching him, I was actually comparing him to Cody Rhodes. What Cody does is very similar, in my opinion, to what LA Knight does. The way they perform. They're quick. They're explosive. But the technician aspect on both of them, they're both snug. The difference is, 
because in NXT, supposedly, supposedly, I don't work at AEW or WWE, in NXT, you're not allowed to write your own stories. And in AEW, you're allowed to, to make up your own matches and write your own stories, right? That's the creative control that they talk about. If that's the case, this is where it's lacking for me with AEW. When Cody wrestled, who was it? Um, uh, Phoenix or Penta? I think it was Penta. And he did the Panama Sunrise into the Cody Cutter. Um, it happened so fast it was in gift form. Okay? When two moves like that are so are supposed to be that impactful. I mean, it's Adam Cole's finisher and Randy Orton's finisher back-to-back. Right? So fast it was done in a gift. Why did, why did Penta get up that fast? Right? The entire match, as good as Cody can be, and Penta can be, that spot there takes you away from what wrestling is because there's no investment in anything that's happening. It's just you watching cool shit. And I can watch cool shit all the time. Where's the investment? I watched L.A. Knight and Bronson Reed tell a fucking story on L.A. Knight trying to find a way to be better than Bronson Reed because Bronson Reed is bigger than him. Now, he wasn't chopping down the tree trunks and all that shit, but what, what, what I saw early on was this fantastic power offense by Bronson Reed. And as they go to, to get into commercial, LA Knight gets, gets the, uh, the upper hand, okay? You can see LA Knight wrestling like a veteran, his body placement, his mechanics, the things he did. And every move was to show he's trying to outperform the bigger guy. He wasn't trying to waste movements. He wasn't trying to be overly explosive. He wasn't doing a spot just to do a spot. And honestly, this is a thing against Keith Lee, where Keith Lee is always selling for the little guys. Bronson Reed didn't do that. He L.A. Knight had to earn it. He had to earn it. You know, this when, when you set up a match like that, you get investment into who the two of them are. The ending sequence, Bronson Reed goes to go for his setup move, the choke slam, very similar to Raquel's, right? The, the through-the-body choke slam. He can't get it. LA Knight has been compromised the entire match. He ends up doing his setup, which is the forehead to the knee. They both kind of get the exhausted push around, right? Uh, they bump into each other. Reed gets the choke slam for the setup. But because he took the knee, the setup knee, before he got the choke slam in, it wasn't the full power of the choke slam. Because when Reed goes to go up for the tsunami, Knight goes after him, prevents him from doing the tsunami. He ends up. He ends up uh, getting crotched on the top rope. Then some shit happens. Knight is still compromised from the choke slam. Makes two efforts to get Reed down, and he can't. Reed composes himself while beating off L.A. Knight. Pause. And hits up with the tsunami. Just that is more important than a Panama Sunrise into a Cody Cutter in less time than it took me to say Panama Sunrise into a Cody Cutter. That ending sequence to LA Knight to Bron- on Bronson Reed and Bronson Reed onto LA Knight, that entire ending sequence 
shows you what wrestling is about. It shows you it's one man trying to one-up another guy, one opponent trying to to, to one-up the other opponent, guy or gal, when when they are performing against each other, it's a competition of whose athletics and movesets are better than the next. Not who does the cooler shit in the most amount of time. LA Knight versus Bronson Reed was the very beginning to what could have been a really dope 25-minute match. Now, I don't know how long it went on. All I know is that everything that was on there made sense. They did some cool shit. One of the cool things I liked, um, LA Knight went up for like a, a double axe handle off the top rope. And Bronson Reed hit him with a power slam. It is so smooth. And on the replay, you could see LA Knight, you know, get a little lift on his side of it too. You know, a little see-through that he was getting ready for. But giving his body to his opponent. This match wasn't, it wasn't flawless. But what it was, it was picture perfect in who those two characters are. It established Bronson Reed as the Colossal. It established L.A. Knight as a veteran who who couldn't figure out his opponent now. But showed you he could figure him out next time. If he doesn't get caught with that choke slam, he can get he can continue to rebound to get his shit in because he got close. He hit Bronson with his setup move. That's how you tell stories. That's how you bring people along. That's how you invest in why the match is happening. So if I told you that Bronson Reed and LA Knight were going to be at TakeOver, you know, yes, first question is, well, why would LA Knight get a rematch? Shouldn't Bronson uh, Reed move up? Well, everything LA Knight's done on the mic, don't you think he can talk you into that match? That's the kind of shit I'm talking about. AEW doesn't have to wrestle... WWE style to get me invested. They have to do shit like this where the match makes sense. I heard people popping shit that Christian versus Kazarian isn't going to be a good showing for his first match. Why wouldn't it be? Isn't that like a combined 50 years experience in the ring? You don't think that's going to be like really good technical work? You don't think that's going to tell the best story of... Let's say Christian loses, right? That's not going to tell the best story of being out-wrestled by someone who's been doing it for the last 10 years while you've been on the shelf. I don't, I don't understand the perspective of fans who, who think that veterans in the ring doing veteran shit is a bad thing. That's the problem with the viewership. You don't, you don't have to like everything that's given to you. I never once said that. What I said is you take it for how it's given to you. And when you present an exploding barbed wire match and it doesn't go off, you can't cover that up. When you're presented, um, um, I, I can't think of something off the top of my head today. Oh, Shayna Baszler biting the back of Becky Lynch's neck. Look, I wasn't on a podcast a year ago. I'd have ripped that shit apart. I'd have ripped that shit apart because there's no going back. Once you vampire somebody, there's no going back. Neither one of them wanted to do it. They both did it the best they could. But Shayna was like, this shit was crazy. Why did I even do that? You hold it accountable. You move forward. You look at what was whack. You move on. You know, I had that conversation with, with my homie at work today. Shouts to McNarley. Rocking the red TWT out there. 
you know, he said, uh, he said, so, so what do you hold WWE accountable with? And I said, I said, pertaining to what? He said the, the Kevin Owens, Roman Reigns thing at the end of the match. I said, yeah, you know what we did? We ripped it and we moved on. We said, man, the camera cuts are fucked up. You could have done this. You could have done that. And they didn't. They still had a great match. They botched the ending. That's what we said. That's what we said. I got to check the tapes to make sure that I said something as close to that. I know that's how I felt. It was still a great match. But yeah, they should have done something different. And he goes, well, well, why you get so hard on AEW for? I said, because AEW came out and tried to explain it away like we're fucking dumb. You know, WWE didn't address it. Kevin Owens said it. Yeah, kind of odd how the ref just stopped, stopped counting for no reason. And we moved, right? KO got another opportunity. He wasn't completely left out. But, like, that's the kind of shit I'm talking about, man. This isn't about, this isn't about who's better, who's not. It's all great. This is about holding them accountable so the shit actually looks dope. And this LA Knight versus Bronson Reed shit is what I'm talking about. Did they put on a perfect match? No. Is it supposed to be perfect? No. Was it entertaining? Fucking right it was. Did I get a sense of who the characters were? Fucking right I did. And I can't wait for the next one. Especially when they do it again. When you saw the quick chemistry they had. I don't know if they wrestled on the indies before. I don't. I don't. I didn't, I didn't look that up. But they wrestled in this match with familiarity. Now, what happens going forward? What do we get going forward? Are they going to be a, a pre-show match on Peacock? Fucking right. Why not? Why not? Stand and deliver night two. Uh, LA Knight versus Bronson Reed. Why not? What's the harm in it? They had a great match. LA Knight wins the next one. Guess what? Gives us a third. Let's go. Now, I wasn't as enthusiastic. Again, me, women's wrestling above all. Raquel Gonzalez, Dakota Kai versus Io, Sh Io Shirai and Zoe Stark. I Again, yes, I thought we would get better. Um, they're putting a lot of women's wrestling on TV, and I'm not mad at that. The match, however, was decent. Wasn't great. No worries. No worries. Not everything's going to hit. We all know that. But just like my beef with Peyton Royce, and I've been saying it, especially when it came to Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter back in fucking November or whatever it was, give them time on TV and we'll see what's good. Zoe Stark has gotten way better over the last, I mean, each match she's had. She started out against Io Shirai. You saw the jitters. It wasn't quite clicking. It was two matches in a row for Io where things were looking a little eh. And then last week, Zoe versus Dakota was awesome. And in this match, Zoe looked fucking incredible. She looked great. You can see how awesome of an athlete she was. The first spot that was a bit rough, though, was the Hurricane Rana to a roll through for um, for one. And then the rest of that sequence was very see-through. It was, you know, for instance, it started out with, I'm going to flip you over, Raquel doing the flip. They get over into the corner, got to do this, got to do that. I mean, that's the kind of shit I'm talking about. If that's see-through, like, yo, tighten that up. The only way that gets tightened up is by them wrestling together more often. That's it. That's the only way. They need to become natural with it. Not, okay, kick me here. It's, yo, I'm kicking or I'm about to get kicked because the kick's already coming. Perfect example happened later in the night, and we'll talk about that when it comes up. That fluidity just wasn't there. Overall, though, 
Zoe is getting so much better on TV. I mean, even just later in the match, they did a head scissors that was more fluid. Zoe and Raquel did. So it's it's about working together. It's about working on TV, getting the jitters out of the way and getting used to it. Again, I said it about Peyton Royce. Was that match against Oscar anything to, to rave home about? It wasn't. It wasn't. If they did it three more times, would the fourth one be better? Absolutely, it would be. Because Peyton does get better every single time she's on TV. The problem is when you take her off, it's a reset. It's a reset, and it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. And we're not getting that. We're not getting that in uh, in NXT. The problem we're getting is that they're actually switching things up too much. So the familiarity isn't happening in the ring in the women's division. We're not getting the repeat matches to to improve the chemistry across the board. But Raquel is looking fantastic. Um, another spot I wanted to highlight for sure, uh, Zoe's diving crossbody. She springboarded herself over the top rope and landed straight crossbody across Raquel and shouts to her for catching her like a G. The kind of shit that we don't see in the women's division, I'm so glad that Raquel is willing to take these bumps and makes them look dope. I thought EO looked pretty good in this match. I thought Dakota looked great as always. Raquel getting the pin was dope. Um, I love Raquel's modified choke slam power bomb. You know, she puts it, her hand between both legs and then the hand on the chest to lift them up. Whatever they're calling it, I I haven't remembered what it's been said on commentary. So I'm sure they'll give it a name if it doesn't have one already. Um, but the way she looks, I, I, I fucking love it. Uh, after the match, she fucking goes to put EO through the table and it doesn't break. And EO sells that like a fucking G. It was just awesome. Awesome. I mean, I'm super excited for EO versus Raquel at, uh, at, at TakeOver. I'm just a little curious if the lights are going to be too bright for Raquel. She, um, you can see her always in the beginning of the match. Every match she's had so far for me. I see her in the beginning, like, let's say someone's going to jump on her shoulders. She really squats down and puts her arms out to catch them. You know, if she cleans that kind of shit up, we're talking, I mean, limitless potential for Raquel. Uh, but I'm, I'm certainly, certainly loving everything she's doing. Uh, another little setup we had for Stand and Deliver was Karrion Cross versus uh, Oni Lorcan. I didn't mention off the top, the NXT tag belts were vacated. They're going into a triple threat match at TakeOver. Again, we'll talk about that next week on the Stand and Deliver pre-show. I'm so, so excited for it. It's going to be fucking awesome, man. Oh, going to be awesome. Two nights of watch-alongs. I'm not sure how I'm going to do it yet. I haven't ran it by uh, Mrs. TW Takes. We'll figure it out. I know for one, I definitely want to do both. I'm trying to figure out how to do both properly, uh, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, but yeah, so Cross... And Lorcan had a match. I actually thought it went pretty well. Um, you know, I wasn't hooked. Let's put it that way. The performance was fine. Uh, the chops were incredible. Uh, at the end of the match, fucking Karrion Cross had blisters on his face. Welts, I should say, on his face and his chest from Lorcan's chops. So shouts. But fuck, man. Um, that's about it. That's about all I had for, like, have to watch during this match. I just cross just doesn't do anything for me anymore. I don't know what it is, man. I don't know what it is. But after the match, 
Cross gets on the mic. He starts talking shit. Finn Balor hasn't backed down from anybody in fucking, I don't know, however long I've been watching. Six years. He's been here for, for basically all of it. Uh, seven years. He's been here for all of it. So, um, anyway, Finn comes out and he tells Cross, stop fighting with your emotions and control your demons. I mean, come on. We're all reading through the lines here. We all want to see take over demon. I don't fantasy book, so that's the only time I'll say it. Um, but I absolutely loved it. I absolutely loved it. Loved it. Um, look, here's another thing too, right? Fucking Walter. Walter. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Walter has never done anything for me to go, let me go look that up. Every time the guy's on the fucking TV, I can't look away. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because he's not force-fed to me. I don't go search him out. And I'll be honest. I haven't watched the Dragonoff match. And I'm a bad wrestling podcast host for it. I should have watched it. I also have Wrestle King uh, ready to go. And I've yet to watch it. You know, I just, I don't get around what's not given to me. Or what's not as convenient as possible. I mean, when uh, Miko Satomura faced uh, faced Kaylee Ray, I went on a, a Satomura deep dive instead of just going to the NXT UK episode because Satomura is so fucking good. But so is Walter, and you know that's that's my fault for not getting into it. But that's why I'm women's wrestling above all. It's just when I hear that great women's wrestling is coming around, it's hard for me not to watch. Um, but Walter has me so excited that he's gonna wrestle just for some for for his captivation i mean when i say i'm not a fan like i'm not trying to slight him it just it i never seek it out but every fucking time he's on tv like i'm i'm incredibly hooked incredibly hooked when when he put out when when he was gonna wrestle uh <laughs> when he was gonna wrestle drake maverick i said when, when walter chops i put a poll out on twitter when walter chops drake uh, will Drake A shit his pants, uh, B uh, become shorter or some shit like that, and C get flown back to London? And by the time the match started, is the last time I looked at it, there was only one vote for shit himself, and he never got chopped. So, but man, uh, within about forty-five seconds, it ended in a ref stoppage from a fucking uh, power bomb into a half crab. Uh, he just he's just so good. At being a wrestler, his body being in the right spot, his actions looking in the right spot. And something commentary brought up that I didn't fucking think of, and I'm glad they did it. Their ability to relay this story through the nuance with everything going on is just incredible. Um, they mentioned that uh, Drake Maverick is blaming Imperium for the disappearances of Thatcher and Killian Dane. And both of those guys were approached by Imperium the last time we saw them on TV. What does that mean? Does that mean that they were paid off to join Imperium? Does that mean that they've been, you know, beat up and can't perform? It's very interesting. Now, I don't do the whole dirt sheet um, or even self-analyzing. Like, for instance, I didn't go on Twitter and look at Killian Dane's Twitter or see what you know, Timothy Thatcher's doing on Instagram, none of that. What's on TV? And when the commentator said that, I was like, oh shit, we haven't seen either one of them since Imperium stepped in. Damn. What the fuck is happening? And now Walter's over on fucking stateside? What the hell is going on? So Ciampa comes out, and he steps to Walter and Imperium, and he's just like, yo, I'm the fucking guy. 
He pointed at Walter's UK title and said, I don't need to waste words. You intrigue me, but I was wrong when I said that. That title intrigues me. Let's cut to the shit. Me and you take over, stand and deliver for the UK title. Are you fucking kidding me? How crazy is that? How crazy is that? Like, we got Ciampa Walter for the UK title. What does that even mean? What does that even fucking mean? Now, I know before quarantine, some people did say, uh, before the pandemic, some people did say, what if Ciampa went to NXT UK? Um, just because his name's Tommaso Ciampa, I don't, I don't think he's from Italy. You know what I'm saying? But either way, fuck, man. What if he wins? What if he wins? I love it. I love it. Imperium beat him down. It's Ciampa against the world. Walter accepts. Killian Dane's not around. Drake Maverick just got his ass beat. Thatcher's not around. Who's around to protect Ciampa? Gargano's doing the way gimmick. He got nobody. Ciampa has nobody. Who's protecting Ciampa? This is going to be something, man. This takeover is going to be fucking awesome. Now, something that I alluded to earlier, let me uh, let me get into that now, uh, was the ability to make things not look see-through. Now, Jordan Devlin versus Kushida looked fucking awesome. I've been riding Kushida since he came back. His ability to work in the ring, be super athletic, be super technical. Like I said, what he does in the ring is what people think Daniel Bryan does in the ring. The actual execution of Kushida's moves, skill set, and all of that is the realistic version of the wrestling version that Daniel Bryan does. Kushida is fucking incredible. And I never I never saw I never saw Jordan Devlin's post Finn Balor match career, if that makes sense. I saw nothing that he did post Finn Balor when Finn Balor showed up at that NXT UK takeover. He, uh, it was a great match. I still remember it. You know, I don't remember move for move, but I remember the chemistry that they had was just fucking awesome. And hey, maybe that happens again, right? This time on US soil. I doubt it. I doubt it. But anyway, the point is, Kushida and Devlin together put on a match that, again, the Young Bucks should inspire to be, aspire to be. When every, every time the Young Bucks do a fucking move, they do a setup, they look behind them, or they just run all the way through it, and there's zero fluidity with their opponents. When the match starts out, you just get awesome technical work by both sides. Kushida's got offense and all this shit. Gets Devlin to the outside. While Devlin's standing on the, the apron, Kushida goes to baseball slide his feet, ends up through Devlin, and while... Kushida is sliding. Devlin is jumping up to the rope to hit a moonsault because he knows where Kushida is going to be. And the fluidity of that match showed the experience of Devlin, not the choreography of the match. That's the kind of shit I'm talking about. That's the kind of shit that I'm saying. How do we get moves to happen, not for the sake of, but for the shit that makes sense? That's all I ask. That's all I ask. And if I'm asking too much, then that's fine. There's a specific company I don't have to watch, and that's okay. But to to have the fluidity in this match, believe it, I watched it, and I go, man, too bad Young Bucks can't do that. Keep moving. I didn't harp on it the whole time. I just want to be honest in my assessments of what I see. 
If you think what I have to say about it is a terrible wrestling take, please feel free to email me, bishoptwtakes at gmail.com, with your terrible wrestling take. I got no problem doing an entire fucking episode on it. That's for sure. That's for sure. Everything else in the match, though, I thought was just fucking perfect. The way Delvin was selling his arm, uh, even when he hit the over-the-top rope cutter, um, it, it showed the weakness. Uh, Kushida did a superplex into a falcon arrow into an arm bar. I mean, it just it all played so well. All played so well. Then uh, Legato Del Fantasma comes out. They get involved, which, of course, was a setup for the next segment. Uh, but an outstanding match between Kushida and Devlin. Absolutely loved it. Would love to see it happen again. But they both have other things going on. Kushida is in a match that I'll talk about in a second. Um, but telling you, I, I got I got chills a little bit. Uh, 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 Santos Escobar and Devlin are facing off in the ring. Fucking Shawn Michaels music hit. I was like, what the fuck is going on? As soon as he walked out, I go, is this going to be a fucking Iron Man match? And I di- it didn't even click. It didn't even fucking click. He reaches under the apron and grabs a ladder. That was the whole fucking premise at WrestleMania 10. Is that who was the real champion? Why didn't we see this shit from fucking months ago? Months ago, we could have read this shit on the tea leaves. A year ago, we could have read this shit on the tea leaves. When they did the fucking cruiserweight tournament. And and the winner, before we even had a winner. Oh, Devlin's going to keep his title. We're just going to crown him. We could have called it then that this was going to happen. HBK sitting in the back of NXT Creative, helping them put on a fantastic fucking show. We could have called it then. That was the whole premise of the WrestleMania 10 match. That they were both the Intercontinental Champion. I'm the real champion. No, I'm the real champion. That's the whole fucking premise. How did we not see this? How did nobody call this out? If somebody else out there called it, let me know. Point me to the podcast. The fact that this was, and I'm talking months ago. I'm not talking about last week. I'm not talking about since Devlin said something. I'm talking months ago. The writing was on the wall months ago. No, they didn't put any of it out there. But it is such an obvious turn of events that they would unify the Cruiserweight Championship the same way they unified the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania 10. How, how did we not see this coming? How did we not see this coming? HBK pulls out a ladder, puts it in the ring, says nothing, and walks away. Fucking outstanding. Outstanding. I'm more excited for this than any any match that I could, just, just based off of that. that. That ability to tell that story and rap in history from fucking 27 years ago. That's awesome. That is fucking awesome. Awesome. And you only get that on NXT. I'm fucking standing up for NXT until they really turn it into the dirt. They had an opportunity to do that, but they're just not doing that. Uh, they, a couple things left. Um, what I was saying about Kushida, he was announced to be part of a 12-man battle royal. The last six remaining will be entered into a gauntlet match for number one contender to face Johnny Gargano. Now, those six men in a gauntlet match will be on night one of NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver, and they will face Johnny Gargano night two of NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver. Uh, I think that's pretty dope. The order in which that they will enter the gauntlet match will be the opposite order in which they were eliminated. So if they were the first one eliminated at number six, so it's so it's so fucking convoluted, but it's definitely straight up. 
Last six guys in a battle royal. The first one eliminated starts off the match. Second one eliminated starts off the match. So on and so forth until the last person eliminated is the last person to come into the gauntlet match. And the winner of the, the gauntlet match on night one faces Gargano night two. And Gargano was bitching about having to prepare 24 hours for his opponent. It's actually really well done. Uh, I haven't loved anything the way he has been doing. Uh, I'm surprised we don't have a Loomis Theory match set up. Um, maybe Loomis is going to be the one. I don't remember the graphic. If he was in the graphic, I would imagine he would get the win here. Uh, but I'm not going to fantasy book. I will do predictions, though. I will do predictions. Next week's NXT recap, takeover preview, next Thursday. Going to be awesome. Going to be awesome. Uh, we had Sashi, uh, two things, last things to talk about. Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon defended the titles against Mercedes and Aaliyah of the, of the Robert Stone brand. I thought it was dope they brought in Mercedes Martinez based off of the Robert Stone brand, paying her to be a part of the match. They had a little bit of shit uh, before she joined Retribution. When she came back, it had nothing to do with the Robert Stone brand, which is fine. But I, I love that they did it that way. And then her demanding more money and Robert Stone saying, I don't have any more money. The only complaint I have about the match is that I never thought that the Robert Stone brand could win. Now, to my point about Peyton Royce and others when it comes to time on TV, Aaliyah was better this week than she was the week before, or the week before that, whenever she had Jessica May on her side. Uh, she's not a bit, Aaliyah's not a bad performer, but we don't see enough of her often to get us uh, an idea on how well she could be. But I, I do enjoy having the women's tag team belts on NXT, and it feels like they are their own bubble now. That this is their own show. That anyone getting plucked away to go Raw or SmackDown is now in the dirt. I don't feel like any of that's going to happen. And again, next week we'll talk about that as well. I'm looking forward to predictions, recaps, and fantasy booking. I'm actually looking forward to fantasy booking. Because uh, I think what we're getting at Stand and Deliver is a finality. No beginnings. I think it's going to be a hard reset about what's going to happen in an explosion of the future. Uh, the person that I'll be I'll be going on with next week, we have been talking for basically what seems like months on what the state of NXT has been, and we've had very NXT-centric conversations. So having the ability to see what the finality is going to be looking into the future, I think is going to be pretty exciting. So uh, other than that, when it comes to finality, uh, we're having Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole. They did a contract signing. I'm I'm no longer a fan of contract signings. Even the last one with Roman, I didn't like. They're they're becoming gratuitous. Uh, the intensity that they're trying to deliver with O'Reilly and Cole for me is too much. They're bringing too much to the table. I don't need all of that. The simple story is what they did to each other. Okay, now they're trying to backtrack it with the emotions of the story, and I'm not vibing. It's not, it's not hitting for me. Um, that's, and that's a personal thing. But again, that's what I'm talking about when it comes to all this shit. If it don't hit, it don't hit, man. And this story's not hitting. I'm, I'm excited for the match because there's, no, there's nothing that's been said in the story to make me more excited for the match, but I'm already excited for the match. So what, else, what could they say in the story to, to make me more excited? Well, believe it or not, if they toned it down. They toned it down. And Adam Cole put it in one of his promos. I don't remember if it was last week or this week where he said, hey, O'Reilly, you made it to the top twice, and now you're trying to bring Finn Balor into this. And he he never deserved it, or you never deserve it. You proved that. Say that. And then O'Reilly defended himself. 
But that hasn't been happening. He's defending himself against Adam being an asshole, not O'Reilly's ability to be in the ring. And I don't want to care about wrestlers as people because that's not what this is for. What are our performers doing and what do they do to each other? That's how we judge them, not who they are as people per se. Unless you have someone who's a straight asshole outside the ring and is trying to be a babyface on TV and doesn't register. All that shit. But that's that's part of being natural. But you don't have to amp up what they're doing for me to buy in. I'm already ready for the match. I think they're overselling it a little bit. But one thing I would definitely like to see oversold, TW Takes Podcast slash TWTs. Please check them out. Uh, for the international listeners, I appreciate y'all so much. I opened up a Teespring page just to get you guys t-shirts as close to what I can for the guys in the States. All orders on TW Takes Podcast slash TWTs of the original TWT logo with uh, the white and four colors are all free shipping. Shipping is included in all of those orders. The orders from Teespring are handled from Teespring 100%. There is nothing I can do about those. All I can do is set the price as best I can, and that's that's what I did. The upcharges that they do are not my upcharges. So there's some, some T-shirts that you can get in a 2X or a 3X, and it goes up like $2 or so. That's on them. That's not on me. I didn't do that for anything. Like I said, the original T-shirts that I got, unfortunately, it's not financially possible to send them overseas the best i could do would be twenty dollars a t-shirt but you'd have to buy five and it's it's if you want i mean if you want i can do that okay hit me up on the side send me an email bishop tw takes at at gmail.com i'll work it out with you we can figure it out um, and we can get the logistics on that, but basically the best I can do is five t-shirts for a hundred bucks. And that include, that would include the shipping, all the costs and everything like that. Um, by the time it's all said and done. Yeah. It just, it's, it's not, it's just a, a logistical nightmare to get, to get packages overseas. So that's why the Teespring store is up. That is on twtakespodcast.com slash international. The Teespring website ships to uh, prints and ships from Europe on the designs I picked. They are premium. There's two designs. There's a modified TWT logo and then shouts to at Ref Marsh from Wrestling on the Rocks. He hooked up the modified WCW logo that looks fucking phenomenal. That logo is so awesome. I put it on a premium tee. And I did that on a premium tee and a premium hoodie. And I did that because... If, if the traffic is there and you guys are looking at it, that's the kind of things that I want to show you I can do as we grow. And since Teespring handles everything, they have a premium option. The up cost in that product is Teespring's up cost, not mine. Believe that. I'm here for y'all. Y'all are here for me, and I appreciate that. So all I'm trying to do is get us to show love both ways. Very easily, those two items, other people list uh, the T-shirt for $45, the hoodie for $60. That's I'm not about that life. I'm not about that life. I'm telling you, it means more to me to get the interaction and listenership than anything else. 
If I can offer dope shit, believe it. Like I said last episode, if I was making $10,000 a month on this podcast, all merch would be free. Believe that. All merch would be free. Now, I would probably only order, I don't know, 100 shirts a month. Whatever. But we'd, we'd make this work. We would have such a fucking blast doing this. And those are goals, right? Gotta have goals. Gotta have goals, man. I would love to have free shit go out the door to you guys. Um, but look, that's all I got. Check me out, TWTakesPodcast.com for all links. TWTakesPodcast.com slash TWTs. TWTakesPodcast.com slash international for the Teespring site that gives you European products, ships straight to you in Europe for a nominal fee. And all of those orders are available in the U.S. as well. Other than that, that's all I got. Cannot wait until SmackDown. Super hype for Mania season. Until next time. So, with that being said, review if you do, rate if you feel. Follow me at TWTakesPodcast on Instagram and Twitter. Share your terrible wrestling takes via my pinned tweet. Email me, BishopTWTakes at gmail.com. Until next time.